Let's pray. God, that is what we have come here for this morning, that you would write your words on our hearts. Lord, we didn't come just to get a good message. We didn't come to take good notes, Lord. We came that your word, your living word, would be written onto our hearts, that we would be different people as a result. God, you know that I have no words that can change any heart here, but you do. You alone have words of life. So would you breathe those words of life into us anew this morning? Would you write them on our hearts that we would walk away forever changed? It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. No man is an island. John Donne famously penned those words in the year 1624. Nearly 400 years have passed since that time. But his words still hold true today, don't they? Because people are wired for community. It's why we love Starbucks. No, it's true. Think about it. For just five bucks, you can find instant community at Starbucks. It's a place to gather, to work, to socialize, to break bread, and even to be called by name. There's a reason why Starbucks is so successful across the globe, across cultural and religious differences. And I will even tell on myself here, this girl loves a good Starbucks pumpkin spiced chai latte. But let's be honest, I can make one at home that's roughly as good for way less money. So why does it always somehow taste better at Starbucks? One word, community. We are wired for community. It's built into our DNA. We can see it all throughout the Bible, beginning as early as Genesis chapter 1 with the creation story. Read with me now. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and the birds of the heavens and the livestock over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The us in this passage, where it says, let us make man in our image, the us is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. From eternity past, the Trinity has existed in and enjoyed perfect fellowship with one another. When God made humans in his image, It means that he made us with that same desire for fellowship, for togetherness, for belonging and enjoyment. He made us for community because he himself is a community. We're made to need and enjoy one another as well as our maker. And because we're made in his image, To be more like him means to lean more fully into a life rich with gospel community. It means to lean into this life of needing others and being needed, 
of working together towards a common end. In our mission statement that Pastor Drew read and that we read to you every week, we agree that CHPC exists to honor God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. Friends, we are not building a clique of Jesus followers here or even a building full of Jesus followers. We are growing a community, something that people are invited into where we are no longer our own little islands, but we instead have one another. Paul repeatedly uses the image of the human body in the New Testament when he talks about this kind of community. Why does he do that? It's not just because we each have different functions or jobs that all work together. That's true, but it's not the whole picture. A human body is so bound together that when an arm is removed, the whole body feels it. The whole body suffers, even down to the smallest parts. When you get a paper cut, friends, it is a tiny injury, but it hurts like the Dickens, and it is hard to think about anything else. So also, we are so bound together with that same kind of interdependency as a community of Jesus followers. When your spouse dies... My heart should ache. When you lose your job, I should be jarred. When you get married, I should be filled with joy. When your child graduates from high school, I should be cheering just as loudly. This kind of gospel community is far more beautiful and a far more compelling thing than Starbucks. I don't know about you, but I have never sat in the bleachers at a Little League game to cheer on the kid of the guy who was in line behind me at Starbucks. I've never scrimped in my own budget so that I could sacrificially give to help a barista at Starbucks go on their dream vacation to London. As I hope you have heard by now, our church is preparing to send a small team to London this summer. We're going to serve at a church there. I wish I had time to tell you. I wish I could tell you of every encouraging email that I've received, every promise of prayer, every excited response. That is because we are doing something together. Whether our people are serving from here or from London, we are all working towards the same mission to proclaim the gospel of good news in Jesus. This kind of community is something different, something richer, something deeper, something better. Making good coffee is great. I am not knocking Starbucks, but I am not sold out on the mission of making good coffee. I am, however, sold out for the mission of showing the world just how beautiful Jesus is. That I will give my life for. Amen? When community is doing its job, it also helps to make us more like Jesus. One of my old pastors used to love to teach on Proverbs 27:17, 17, 
which says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. (coughs) He used to follow that up by saying, and when iron sharpens iron, sparks are going to fly. Life lived in community is beautiful, but it is not for the faint of heart. We will surely begin to see our own sin more clearly as our sin begins to rub up against another's sin. Sparks, to be sure, are going to fly. And there will be ample opportunities to practice repentance, confession, and renewal. Paul references this process in his second letter to the Corinthians. Chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. It is that slow, slow process of chiseling away that which doesn't look like Jesus and allowing him to grow in us that which does reflect him. Gordon MacDonald tells a wonderful little story Uh, or experience from his life that illustrates this. Some years ago, when Gail and I bought the old abandoned New Hampshire farm that we now call Peace Ledge, we found the site where we wished to build our country home strewn with rocks and boulders. The first phase of the clearing away process was easy. The big boulders went fast. And when they were gone we began to see that there were lots of smaller rocks that had to go too. But when we cleared the side of the boulders and rocks, we noticed the stones and pebbles that we had not seen before. This was much harder and more tedious work, but we stuck to it. And there came the day when the soil was ready for planting grass. Community is where this kind of sanctification happens. That slow, necessary process of clearing out sinful patterns, behaviors, and thoughts in our lives. From the large and obvious down to the small and almost obscure. It's where we can be lovingly honest with one another. Where we can practice reciprocal forgiveness and grace where we can share a perspective that might not otherwise be seen. Where we can bring the fullness of ourselves, however scary, to a safe place. These are the kinds of radical communities that Jesus began forming in his ministry and that he is still forming today. They are places to remove our masks, to lay down our burdens, to be real and brave and persevering. I grew up in a home that was not an emotionally safe place. I learned to put up walls, to be careful, to protect myself. It wasn't until adulthood, when I was in counseling, that I learned that it was now safe to take down those walls, to let others in and to be vulnerable. Though I believed that in my head, it wasn't until I truly experienced safe, loving Christian community that I felt safe in my heart to open up 
and let others in. And it changed me. Community has that unique capacity to change us forever. There is, very aptly, a great TV show called Community. It's about a diverse group of oddballs that somehow end up at the same community college and in the same Spanish 101 study group. The main character is Jeff Winger, a sleazy lawyer who got disbarred when it was revealed that he faked his law degree to pass the bar and practice law. He makes it clear to everyone that he meets at Greendale Community College that he is better than them and that he won't be around any longer than is absolutely necessary. But over the seasons of the show, you start to see Jeff grow and mature. And by the series finale, he has become a thoughtful, caring, and deeply committed person. Deeply committed to his community at Greendale, so much so that he accepts a teaching job upon graduation. Community is the rich soil that allows us to grow, to plant deep roots, and to become what we are called to be. Community is also where we most fully live out our calling to make disciples of all nations. Now, you're probably much holier and much more zealous than I am, but I confess sharing my faith with others is not always a regular practice in my life. But the times when it has been a regular practice are the times when I am living in thick, deep, rich community because we are doing it together. Why do you think that Jesus sent his disciples out two by two? Each of the disciples had, wherever they went, the full authority of God, full access to the Spirit, and the full weight of the Scriptures. So why would they need to go in pairs? Could it be that God sends us out to minister for him while doing it like him? He sends us out on mission in the context of community. To encourage each other on. To gently correct each other when we're wrong. To lovingly push back on each other's excuses. To pray with and for one another when we get tired and weary. We were not made to fulfill the Great Commission alone. Warren Wearsby reflects on this truth in this pithy little story about the 19th century street evangelist, Dwight Moody. A man once testified in one of Dwight Moody's meetings that he had lived on the Mount of Transfiguration for five years. Well, how many souls did you lead to Christ last year? Moody bluntly asked him. Well, the man hesitated. I, I don't know. Have you saved any? Moody persisted. Well, I don't know that I have, the man admitted. Well, said Moody, we don't want that kind of mountaintop experience. When a man gets so high up that he cannot reach down and save poor sinners, there is something wrong. Living fully rooted in community helps us to keep our heads out of the clouds, off the mountaintop, and instead be with 
the people who need to hear the power and kindness of Jesus in their lives. Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. Because he's literally among us. We're called to take that same Jesus who indwells us with us to our jobs, our schools, our family gatherings, our soccer games, our orchestra concerts. Remember, Jesus didn't send the disciples out alone. Community goes together. Brian Solis says this about community. Community is about doing something together that makes belonging matter. I'm going to read that one more time. Community is about doing something together that makes belonging matter. Isn't that so true? It's not just about, community isn't just about belonging. It's about a belonging that truly matters, that makes a difference. Church is not a country club. It's not the United Way or the Urban League. Church is a community where our belonging has ultimate value. Civic organizations are good and important, but they are not making eternal impact. Their work will last as long as they do. But the kind of community that Jesus was and is making is something that will last forever. Don't you want to belong to something that's making that kind of impact? Community is to be so bound together, so eternally committed to one another, that that others are with us when we walk through our darkest valleys too. It's why Jesus was visited by the saints of old on the Mount of Transfiguration. He knew what was soon to come. And he needed to be strengthened, nourished, and sustained by the fellowship of the saints. It's why when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he needed to be likewise strengthened, nurtured, and sustained by the fellowship of the Trinity. The thought of losing that community when Jesus went to the cross was agonizing to him. Follow along with me, Matthew chapter 26. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus knew he must be separated from that community that he had enjoyed from eternity past. That was his agony. He was humbly dependent on community. Can you say the same? Do you have this kind of community in your own life? If not, I would highly encourage you to seek it out. If you've never known Christian community, come try our Alpha class this summer. Find out what the Christian life is all about. Come learn why our community is so different. 
And if you've been a Christian for a while, but you don't have this kind of community, these kinds of abiding, refining, nurturing relationships in your life, please let me urge you to join a growth group. Our growth groups are designed to foster this exact kind of community. You can contact Janet Dumford or Pastor Drew for more information on growth groups. Here's the beautiful thing, though. Community doesn't just change those inside of it. Community is able to change those who are not yet a part of it. I want to show you a video of what this kind of gospel community might look like in real life. We end with a sweet and tender southern barbecue experience. Steve Hartman serves it up on the road. For barbecue lovers, Brad's Barbecue in Oxford, Alabama is heaven on earth. But 80-year-old Eleanor Baker says her visit here earlier this month was especially divine. I think it was a God thing. I think God sent me there. You think we needed the example? Yes. That people care about other people and how important it is. (laughs) Eleanor is a widow. She lives with her dog, Rufus. And although she has a big family, they mostly live out of town. So Eleanor was alone the night she went to Brad's barbecue. Security footage shows her entering there in the purple. And at about that same time, these three young men arrived. They say they were just having a good old time. We was all just sitting there just talking. When Jamario Howard noticed Eleanor. An older woman sitting by herself. Jamario says he hates seeing people eat alone. And I've seen that. When most of us see someone eating alone, we feel that way. But our sympathy never solves anything. And Jamario really wanted to fix this. So he got up from his table and sat at hers. He just came up and he said, I saw you sitting over here alone. And he said, do you mind having some company? And she said, go right ahead. And then I introduced myself and she introduced herself. And that's just kind of how it all got started. They all ended up having dinner together. And it was just a really nice, pleasant evening. What those 20-somethings did that night speaks volumes about their character. But they say it wasn't entirely altruistic. They enjoyed her company as much as she enjoyed theirs. Because when we left there, that's all we talked about. When you make that kind of connection with somebody, it's hard to let it go. Like I already feel like we're her grandkids. So you got room for these guys in your life? Of course. I'm so glad y'all could make it. They have all vowed to make room for one another. And certainly, if Eleanor's right, that God played any role in this, it may be to remind us of the joy that awaits just outside the bubbles we live in. I used to say when I was younger, and I still say today, like, I'm going to change the world somehow. And I don't know how, because I'm not rich, I'm not famous, and I'm not very smart either, so I can't be the president. But we can show the world that it's all right to be kind, and then before long, maybe the world will be a much better place. <laughs> Amen. Steve Hartman on the road in Oxford, Alabama. That is the CBS evening. Sweet story, huh? That same kind of community that God has, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, invites others in, right? It has invited you and me into its community. That's the same kind of community that we're called to practice, one that invites others in. I don't know if you heard them say, but 
he asked them the question, do you have room in your life for this person? Community always has room, always has room for more. I want to leave you with three questions to think about this week. What kind of community are you regularly participating in? What kind of community are you creating? And what kind of community are you inviting others into? I'll read them one more time in case you're writing them down. What kind of community are you regularly participating in? What kind of community are you creating? And what kind of community are you inviting others into? The kind of community that Jesus is growing is deeper than Starbucks. It's more beautiful than Greendale Community College. It's more lasting than the United Way. Paul closes out his letter to the Philippians with the following words. Chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace be with you. <clears throat> Friends, let's go be a part of something that is true and noble and lovely and praiseworthy. Let's belong to something that matters. Let's be beautifully dependent on one another. Let's cheer one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's continue to grow this kind of community here at CHPC that Jesus was growing. A community that truly honors God, that's beautifully diverse, that's growing in depth and in number, and that is faithfully inviting others to know and follow Jesus. May it be so with us. Amen. All right, let's.